Hello, I'm Samia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is Joe O'Rourke from Forum3, that is the team behind the Starbucks Odyssey program. I've been wanting to speak to these guys ever since I've heard about their work, and we were finally able to make it happen. There's a lot to learn about how Starbucks is using Web3 technology to build a truly modern and innovative loyalty program. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. I think first things first, um, Joe, I wanted to uh, get a better understanding of Form 3, how, how it all started. How did you land Starbucks as your first, oh, is it first client? Or, I mean, or is it like, how, how did that Technically all Technically not, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. Uh, thanks for having me here. I um, the, the formation of Form 3 is such an interesting story and it, it kind of starts, it's, it's like this, three-headed monster that converges on each other right where you've got uh you know adam and andy and and all the things that they were doing and um you know so myself adam brotman and andy sack are the three co-founders of forum three uh andy is a web one entrepreneur web two vc and now kind of like hybrid here in web three and he had started a a crypto fund um and he he was the one that kind of red pilled Adam on uh, Web three and and everything like that, and so Adam was advising Andy with the fund and got very into NFTs in the summer of of 2021 and was really diving deep down the rabbit hole. And then meanwhile, I'm over on this other side, kind of converging in a different way. And um, I had been in the space since 2017 and um, doing, you know, content. I started podcasting back in 2018. So um, I'd always kind of stuck around and been really close to everything that was going on and um, mostly as a hobby and content creator. Uh, and I'd always wanted to kind of get into it full time. And you know, in that summer, fall, or sorry, that spring, summer of 2021, I was doing a lot of stuff with play to earn gaming and specifically like Axie Infinity. And I was tweeting about it a ton. And um, because of that, I got messaged by a gentleman named Drew Austin, who um, he's a VC guy in the space. He is a co-founder of Knights of DGen project. And uh, he messaged me and he's like, Hey, I'm having this, uh, um, retreat at my house in Warwick, New York. And, um, I'd love for you to come, here's the guest list. And I'd love for you to come and chat about play to earn gaming. And I was like, okay, I have to get to this. I saw the guest list and I was like, I don't belong in the same room as these people. And so, uh, I was like, Drew, no problem. I'll be there. What day is it? Or what weekend is it? And he goes, Oh, it's Tuesday. And like, this is like three or four days prior to the event. And I was supposed to be in Pittsburgh, um, at my job, I was doing medical, I was a medical sales manager in, in, uh, Pennsylvania and upstate New York at the time. And I was like, all right, I'll be there. And so the Friday prior, I quit my job to go to this thing at Drew's house and at Drew's house is where I met Adam. And we, uh, hit it off right away. We talked for hours and hours and hours that day. And the next week I was doing work with Adam and Andy and that's how forum three was born. And so it was this, uh, really crazy kind of set of circumstances that put us on a path to all, you know, uh, work together. And from there we had, you know, it was formed around this kind of thesis around 
play to earn game mechanics and uh, how that could relate to things like loyalty and um, things like that. And so we really had this insight that those games were broken and it was because of the fact that, you know, the incentive structure wasn't correct. Meaning all of those play to earn games at the time were very extractive economies. They were all funded by the user. And so everything the user was doing to earn was immediately extracted from that economy. And, you know, it would tank token prices. It would take at tank asset prices and ultimately be a really terrible experience for the user. And so as we're thinking about why these things weren't working, we kind of reframed it in the sense of like, well, what if you did this with a brand, right? That has the funding and, um, kind of brand goodwill and reputation to not to to actually fund the ecosystem themselves as far as what's being rewarded and created right and so when you reframe it in that capacity it's a totally different concept that that actually works right and so you know this was kind of the basis of our thought around Starbucks and Odyssey when we got to there and um you know, we, it wasn't our first client. We had a couple prior and we did, uh, the Ben Mesrick project with best-selling author, uh, Ben Mesrick. And that was a really cool project around him, uh, writing a screenplay about the web three space, which is really cool. So that's still going on. Uh, we still work with Ben. Um, and then we had a couple other small things that were, you know, kind of learning experiences for us. And, um, it's interesting, right. When we had, like right at that same time, this is kind of July of 2021, June, July of 2021. Um, Adam, obviously, who's the former chief digital officer of Starbucks, has a great relationship with with Howard Schultz. And Howard was um chat like basically talking to us about web three in general. And at the time he was not the CEO of Starbucks. And so, but he was just interested in what, what Adam was doing inside of web three and uh, you know, fast forward a couple months and Howard goes back to be the CEO of Starbucks for the third time. And it was just very much kind of the perfect storm of that him having interest in what we were doing and going back to Starbucks for the third time. And um, you know, he kind of, approached Adam and said, Hey, do you want to do this, you know, for and with Starbucks? And that's how that all happened. So, you know, with Adam's uh, history at Starbucks and kind of trust inside the, the ecosystem over there. And, you know, we were very, very uniquely positioned to one, get the deal and two, kind of understand what Starbucks needed and wanted to be able to make something like Odyssey happen. That's amazing. What what a great story. And it's always like that one person who gets it, right? Like there's there needs to be one person, you know, like uh, I had a similar story with Steinway Pianos for my other uh, company that uh, is a marketing agency. And a few years ago, you know, I was like trying to explain to them what they need to do. And as like one person, one of the managing directors got it. And and now he gets um, uh, NFTs and, and uh, you know, I'm explaining to them what they can do with it, right? And you need that one person who is going to be championing you know, to, um, yeah. to make a change. And, and I would even different. say like for, uh, for this situation, what was extremely beneficial and powerful was it was the person 
top down, right? Like typically it's, it's your, you have somewhere, someone in the middle who gets it and has to champion it all the way up. This was a situation in which we had buy-in from the very top from day one, which was such a huge driver to, I think, you know, being able to get it done so quickly and have buy-in from everybody else. And, you know, it's really interesting though, the amount of education that it takes to kind of get a whole organization there, right? Like the Starbucks team has been so, 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 so incredible to work with and they've like gotten it from day one, but it still takes so much education, right? Like we, we live in this bubble where we, you know, live and play in this all the time every day. And, uh, it's, you, you know, you really have to start from square one with, with everybody there to really, demonstrate the value of this stuff right and like why is this better than what we're doing now what what's the capabilities and things like that and so um that was a really fun kind of challenge that we had which was just educating all of the the teams and people involved i mean it really takes a village to kind of execute something like this so it was really fun to do yeah absolutely so tell me tell me a little bit more about the team education how did you make that happen because that's so hard right like you know you're the, the uh, a team of three people um you're designing everything and then you're i guess hiring people uh, to help you with like community management and and all these things right but but the the um just uh, the piece of uh, actually um educating the team of a company um you know and and i assume that this needs to be done to the to the person who actually serves the coffee like eventually right like you know it, it's important that they all understand um the uh the implications of that and, and a company like starbucks how many how many people work for yes starbucks? it's great it's a great question right so you have um so at the time yeah we were four people it was me adam andy and uh our first employee was uh morgan matoski and she's a rock star and we flew out to starbucks in may of last year of 2022 and uh met with essentially we kind of had two uh, two or three full days of um kind of meeting with all the different cross-functional teams right and so we met with every different kind of Mar like marketing, we met with coffee education, we met with loyalty and every and obviously upper management, things like that. And really, our goal there when we went there was not to was not to pitch anything, right? It was not to pitch an idea of Odyssey at the time. It wasn't odd uh, that wasn't really a thing yet. And but it was more so, hey, here's what web three tech is here's what nfts are here's what they would enable you to do in a way that you're not doing now and really that was the angle that we came from it with on the education side and it wasn't to kind of force anything or an idea down anybody's throat it was here's here's what it is and how it works do you think that this would fit into anything that you're looking to do with inside your your programs right and um our hope was luckily what happened, right? The the loyalty team immediately understood the value and almost said to us, hey, we've actually been looking for something like this for a long time. And um, when you think about why that is, it's, you know, Starbucks, the loyalty program has 27 million active monthly members, right? And so a program like they have now 
is huge and it's scaled so massively and it, there's a huge cost to running a program like that, right? Because the the way it works now, it's very kind of one way, single player. I'm giving you extra as a cons- consumer, I'm giving you extra visits and extra spend for essentially what equates to, to discount, right? And so everything you do inside that type of ecosystem has a direct cost to your discount line. And so basically what the you know, the Starbucks loyalty team has is all, all types of data and research on kind of what their, their loyalty customer wants out of a program. And, you know, the things that they they were saying that they wanted become super cost prohibitive at scale like that. Right. And so in that current format, and so they, they really immediately grabbed this thought of, okay, we can tap into this intangible brand value that we have and kind of create this new kind of game layer on top of our our loyalty program to help really engage and reward customers in a different and unique way from from an experiential standpoint and things like that right and so that's kind of how that all evolved and developed but to your other point of like yeah it eventually this will need to get educated all the way down to the barista level, because now you, you literally have customers coming in doing specific actions for their credit inside of Odyssey. And so it's kind of funny to see, cause it, you know, it's still such a small beta program compared to their huge loyalty program that, you know, it's impossible to have every Starbucks employee at a barista level trained on, on web three and odyssey at this point, but like eventually it will all happen, but you know, it kind of starts from that top down and it took us going to each of these different, you know, departments and and talking about web three to see what, where they thought the value was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's one of the places where we could help, you know, like this is, there are so many opportunities here. One of, so the thing about, Doing this with blockchain, uh, and when I say this, I mean the loyalty program, is that it's like loyalty program on a steroid. You know, it's just so much possible. Just because you have that stamp in your wallet, you know, you can now get access. Imagine, let's say, if Starbucks has that, and then, you know, let's say some Michelin star restaurant or or like some a big a chain, uh, you know, food chain, like maybe even something like Burger King or whatever, right? You know, that they have it too. And then they can collaborate. They can say, hey, everybody who has a Starbucks uh, a stamp, you know, on 29th of July, they can all come and get free, um, you know, Burger King, right? And then uh, Starbucks can do the same thing. They can say like anybody who has a Burger King stamp uh, can uh, come in on Friday morning at 9 a.m. and get a free, you know, you know, like that's just one of the things. Or, or like, you know, maybe a, a TV network comes in and says, hey, I'm going to give three month free access to Netflix, to Starbucks, you know, uh, stamp holders, right? So there are all of these opportunities, this like a whole new level of um, marketing opportunity, a whole new level of creating experiences, intangible, you know, intangible things beyond just getting some uh, discount. Like the value, you know, it, it ends up being that the value of the things that you get for that stamp really outweighs maybe the amount of coffee that you drink in a year. You know, totally. like you could easily get a lot more, uh, you know, especially as we live in a digital world. And in most cases, 
it doesn't really cost a cost a huge amount more for let's say Netflix to give access, you know, or, or in most cases, okay, even if it's with Burger King or McDonald's or whatever it is, you know, that that like. It, it, you know, maybe a, a pop uh, a branch, you know, wants to do something like with a, um, uh, you know, with, with uh, a happy hour thing. Like there's so many things, both on a physical level and, and on a, uh, uh, on a digital level, there are so many things that can be done uh, that it's just yeah. incredible. I love this specific part of the topic of kind of, essentially why blockchain right is it's the question we get asked very often on you know why couldn't you do this in a totally web two way right like what why are you using blockchain for something like this and uh you hit on a, a couple of the really fascinating points to me which is uh you know one for the first time really kind of ever you have ownership of your loyalty, meaning I have something tangible that I can point to that says I've done X amount of work inside this uh, ecosystem and I own that, right? And I can kind of buy, sell, transfer that however I wish, or to like what you said, right? The uh, I can get kind of utility stacked on that because it's provable and, and stacked on that, not necessarily from Starbucks. It's from from outside uh, collaborators or creators or brands, right? And so there's this idea that one, now I have something digitally ownable, provable that represents kind of my lifetime relationship with this brand. And based on that, the brand can reward me. But on top of that also, now because of blockchain, as you mentioned, all of that data uh, is is open meaning as long as i have you as a as a creator right as long as you have that contract address of one of these stamps you can kind of add and stack value on top of that and i love to use the kind of competitor example for this because you know everybody says well why would starbucks want that why would a company want their data to be open like that because well what if dunkin donuts comes who's their biggest competitor and says uh, hey, I'm going to give you all a $5 uh, free coffee or whatever. And isn't that bad? Well, I would argue, no, that's great, right? And I would say it's great from a two from two reasons. One, the Starbucks user is now getting something for free from another brand, right? So they've gotten this additional value by having their data public, right? That hasn't been prior. So right now, Duncan would have no specific way to know uh, that I was a, you know, Starbucks power user, but if I own 30 stamps, they would, right. And they could reward me for that. Now from a Starbucks side, well, Oh, isn't that bad? Duncan's taking my customer. No, because where as a user, am I actually assigning that value that I got? Yeah. It's thanks for the $5 free coffee, but I got that item because of the things I did inside and my relationship with Starbucks. And I think like that concept is something that most brands aren't thinking about yet. And most, most people aren't really thinking about yet in terms of like, where does that actual value assignment 
get placed. And I think it's, I think what we're seeing now is that it will get placed with the brand that they've gotten it from or the brand that they've done the work in that allowed them access to this thing, not necessarily the giver uh, in the competitor example, right? Which I think is really interesting. But then you, as you mentioned, there's a whole world of collaborations that this opens as well. And the example I like to use for this is like, Shortly after Odyssey launched, Starbucks announced their Rewards Together program, which with their launch partner was Delta Airlines. And how this program works, it's really spectacular. And you should check it out if you're either one of these rewards members. You basically can connect your Starbucks rewards account with your Delta rewards account. And every time you do something inside either of those ecosystems, you're kind of being rewarded by the other, which is really fascinating. However... It took them years to build this, right? There's all these internal systems and connections that they need to be able to even talk to each other to understand, right? Because each of, and this is the power of the blockchain, because having this open model, open data, open consensus mechanism, everybody can play the same game, right? You're, it's unlike now where each company has their own set of database and stack and infrastructure that they all have to build API calls for and things like that. And that takes time. It takes people, it takes money. Right. And with blockchain, the collaboration piece becomes so simple, right? Where now, as you mentioned, you can just basically build a wallet connect from one side and it doesn't even need a second party. You can do this almost permissionlessly in terms of, you know, uh, say, like you said, InPeak wants to add a contract address that of a Starbucks stamp and give people access to your platform. You could do that with or without Starbucks permission, really. And it just needs to be you just need to be able to reach those folks. Right. Um, and so there's so many reasons of like why blockchain that go beyond like the actual issuing of a digital stamp. There's all this other kind of power that goes into the background of it, which is really fascinating. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of takes uh, that concept of competition and turns it in on its head. And uh, it, it kind of is it creates the sense of uh, abundance as opposed to scarcity. Yeah. Right. For example, we and Zen Academy have very similar, um, you know, uh, goal and uh, content, you know, and actually Zeneca has um, uh, equity in, in, in Peak as well. Um, and, you know, we're, we work very closely together, but um, now they're going to have their own channel on the platform. So we are going to have, you know, uh, our channel, they're going to have uh, their channel, but we can easily collaborate with each other where, you know, I say like anybody who buys our token gets access to yours and anybody who buys your token gets access to ours and you know and we can uh, you know we can uh, create a program where we are collaborating and now we are both stronger you know we're we both have better um value to give to our members and uh, so in a similar way like i always give the example of let's say princeton university and harvard university they both have you know uh these stamps for for their libraries for their you know uh, their students so now it means that you can be a member of princeton university and because you have that in your wallet you can get access to all the data on uh, in harvard university and and vice versa um and one other thing is that with with ai you know and this is something that as we are developing our platform I'm, I'm very much like thinking about how how we build build this where let's say 
if you come in, if, you know, if we, we add that contract address to our um, uh, backend and Starbucks users get access to that content, every time they watch a video at the end, it says, hey, you, uh, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this session. Uh, you got access to this thanks to Starbucks, you know, because, you know, you have had that it recognized that you have that thing on in your wallet. And at that mm -hmm. point, based on that, it's, it's a reminder, top of mind, right? It's a reminder that, hey, you got this because of Starbucks. And then you can say from there, it can direct them to an action. You can say, hey, how about doing this extra step to get, you know, this specific PO app or, or, or it might be that it doesn't do anything, but it just reminds them, Hey, you know, you got this thanks to Starbucks, you know, we can't wait to see you next time, you know, in the, um, uh, you know, in the, in the shop or, you know, like in the, in the store or, um, uh, cafe. So, so there's all these different ways that you can create because we are now in, um, uh, in a war of attention and everything that you can do to stay on top of mind for your, you can call them holders, your customers, you know, in, in Web3, we don't like to use the term customer. This is not really a customer. They're like your, you know, token holders, your kind of like your community. So everything that you can do to stay on top of their mind, um, that helps. And if uh, some of that value comes from your partners, then uh, you know, then, then even better. And, and to be honest, like you could have say Costa coffee and Starbucks coffee doing an, an exchange one day, right. And say like, you know, we're going to go into each other's shops. Right. And then maybe th there's like some kind of funny activity, like, you know, maybe some kind of, you know, competition, you know, you know, that today, you know, Costa is trying to create a Frappuccino in a, you know, in a Starbucks, you know, like, like there's all sorts of entertainment that you can create around this. So there's entertainment, yeah. There's education, uh, there's fun, there's sense of abundance, all of those things. Totally. And I think like you hit the nail on the head too on the attention economy piece where, you know, a lot of the questions, a lot of times we get asked the question of like, well, why would you, because at the end of the day, like what Odyssey is, it's a kind of parallel loyalty program to the traditional one, right? And it's, a game layer of the loyalty program essentially right so you're you're kind of at the end of the day playing inside odyssey you're playing a, a loyalty game right where the tldr is you come in you complete journeys you earn stamps those stamps level you up inside the ecosystem and based on your levels you're getting rewards or benefits right and uh but what's really interesting about that and the attention piece that you said is all of these companies, and I say this all the time, like whether it's Starbucks, whether it's InPeak, whether it's, you know, any of these NFT projects, whether it's, you know, more any and all Web2 brands, they're all need to start considering themselves as content companies. And it's because of this kind of attention economy and the, the way I think the consumer thinks about loyalty these days, right? Like loyalty used to be, something that uh almost felt like the the customer owes the brand right like and now it's it's very much the other way around it's like the brand owes loyalty to the customer to keep you right and so how do you do that it's it's this attention game it's this um content game and and all of these brands are out there right now creating content and and they're whether they realize they're actually creating content or not, whether it's, you know, pieces of marketing or education or things like that, these are all pieces of content, right. That could be used to 
create a deeper relationship with the consumer. And so when you take some of that content and you package it in a way that is actually incentivizing rather than feels like push marketing, something really interesting happens, right? Like you're finding, uh, for example, when you go into the first Starbucks journey, it, uh, it allows you or it accesses you to this virtual coffee farm tour of their uh, Costa Rican coffee farm. And uh, the experience is really cool. It's like, it's super fun to do. And at the end, you answer a question and you get your checkpoint and you get your points, right? And what's super fascinating is the feedback about that piece. It has been so great. And it's, and people are saying things like, hey, you know, I didn't know that I wanted to know this or like, I didn't know that I, I needed to watch this, but it was really super cool. And I feel like I learned something and I like about Starbucks and the brand. And the funny thing is, those those pieces of content had existed prior to Odyssey, but nobody was watching them. Nobody was engaging with them. Nobody was interacting with them. And when you take it and you package it with an incentive instead, the experience totally changes. Now you have somebody who really enjoyed that rather than felt like it was being pushed at them for marketing. And it's created this relationship rather than a selling experience feel. You know what I mean? And so like, I think that's what's really cool about what's happening inside of Odyssey. It's it's authentic content from the brand to the customer who already has an interest in this, right? So you're really creating a deeper relationship rather than kind of trying to necessarily grab someone new from, from a flashy piece of content that may or may not be used. Same with all the education that they have around coffee and things like that. So I totally couldn't agree more on the a content piece, but it's really interesting to fast and fascinating to watch. It has like this bundled incentivized thing that people are interacting with now. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's super interesting what you said about that piece of content because, you know, uh, I remember uh, when we were trying to explain for the first time social media to brands, we were like, you know, it, uh, marketing used to be a broadcast. Now it's a dialogue. But now it's another level. It's a dialogue and it's a sense of ownership because now you feel yes. like you're part of that brand, right? Like you actually and have co-creation, right? Like and co-creation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's totally true, and the. That like I th- like I said I think that relationship between brand and customer has totally changed in terms of like what the brand needs to understand about how the customer operates right and in terms of like I want as a customer I want to feel like I have a sense of ownership I want to feel like I have a sense of uh, co-creation like the the I love what you said about earlier like using the AI in in your product to kind of remind somebody where they got this access from, but I think like there's going to be this really interesting kind of crossover in AI and, and NFTs and even loyalty too, to kind of enhance this storytelling piece, right? Like the co-creation stuff. Imagine, you know, you have like, uh, you know, you're a, a mid journey built in and you've got customers creating latte art for a contest or something, right? Like there's some really cool co-creation stuff that could be used and, 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 you know, imagine, or, or they're creating designs for the next Odyssey stamp and you're doing that from within the community. And there's some really powerful, like feeling that happens there between relationship that happens when you do stuff like that between a brand and you, you feel like, Oh, I was able to participate this and in, in this and design this and help with the, and I, I think even just 
the fact that like we're so so early in the Odyssey kind of beta program where everybody participating now can give direct feedback that might be able to kind of enhance this program or further it in the future. And um, there's just so much really cool stuff that happens with this co-creation idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, there's so much that we could, we could discuss. Um, hopefully maybe I can have you and Adam back and we can talk a little bit more about this because I think a lot of brands watching this, look, that level of uh, engagement that you just talked about, the fact that we will that people could sit down and create latte art, you know, all sorts of things, you know, that, and these are all things that it's a level of engagement that, that many brands can actually, uh, could, could dream about, you know, like it's a, a level of, you know, staying on top of mind and the things that you can do. And then imagine like, as you use AI, for for these interactions and these are all the things i want to build on in our platform as people come in and you know engage with content then you learn things about them like for example let's say if you learn that uh you know that i really like one of my dreams is to go to cern right you know and then like you know one day you know maybe for my 40th birthday or whatever you know like starbucks does something where like i end up you know going on a tour with with to cern and then that gets documented and like you know and then like and and all of that happens because i was like you know, somebody that uh, uh, that uh, has had hundreds of stamps, you know, hundreds of these these journeys, right? So these are all the things that, uh, that, so it's not always about giving everybody the same thing. It's about also that level of randomness that you can create and, and you know, maybe so, uh, giving somebody something that um, may uh, feel very big, maybe it feels very small, but it's hard to, uh, you know, to achieve, you know, like there are all, all of these things that brands can do uh, once yeah, they get it, it access to that data. It creates like, especially, and this is another kind of like why blockchain piece though, like you can then kind of program back and create these like journeys or games within the game, right? Where I could say, hey, you know, if you have the very, very limited, scarce holiday journey stamp and a combination of these other things, well, what you've done is now you've funneled down those folks so you could give them something bigger because you know that subset of people has been your most loyal right because they have all of these things and um that's super interesting so yeah i'm totally on board with that thought process too it's just like sky's the limit with the creativity you can do once you have all of these these things these nfts these game pieces kind of out there in the world right hundred percent. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy. This has been a great conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, I look forward to continuing and kind of like seeing what, what you're doing and, and following your journey. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure to follow Joe and Forum3. Joe's Twitter handle is bunchu.eth. That is B-U-N-C-H-U dot E. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.